Welcome everyone to the Second Pot Podcast. My hope is that you have your second pot on. We are caffeinated here in beautiful Grove City, Ohio, as the snowflakes fall ever so slowly to the ground. This 14-inch superstorm that we were promised thus far has been the worst 14-inch superstorm ever. It's supposed to happen over 24 hours. Give it time. Well, at this rate, it is the worst 14-inch superstorm ever. Let's also set the record straight for our area. It's 6 to 10 inches. Give it time. Give it time. But we're not here to talk about that. No, thankfully. Nope, we are here to talk about what is going on in the life of Trandy, um, what we talked about yesterday at church, and answer your questions. Uh, So one thing that was left out of the um, sermon yesterday, but I found really interesting in the research, uh, was this discussion around Jesus as, you know, the second Adam. So, so there at the end of Mark chapter one, you know, Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days. He lives amongst the wild beasts and the angels attend to him. So there are a few different things going on there, right? There's the 40 days, um, you know, there's a parallelism there to, uh, the Hebrews 40 years in the wilderness, mm-hmm. um, to David and Saul 40 years in the wilderness or 40 days in the wilderness, you know, Elijah in the wilderness, like there's like wilderness plays a role in, um, in Jewish tradition and, and Jesus is, is living right into this. But where we see a pretty significant departure is that his time in the wilderness is not spent fighting off all that is wild and dangerous, which is the way wilderness is normally talked about in the Old Testament. Um, but instead, you know, he's living amongst the wild animals, and they're pretty much neutral, and we see the angels attending to him. Um, almost reminiscent of Daniel and the lion's den, where these lions that are supposed to be voracious eaters um, are just kind of, you know, house house cats while um, while the angels are there keeping their, their mouths closed. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, there's... One of the things that, that I find just infinitely fascinating is how how detail-oriented the gospel writers were, mm-hmm. um, how much they pay attention to the, the details of the stories, the illusions they're making. Um, have you been watching WandaVision? Oh, not yet. I need to sit down and binge it with my family. I mean, WandaVision is like nerd fan service in a way that they have never done before, right? Yeah, like it I... is it is just Easter egg after Easter egg after Easter egg. And the nerdier you are, the more you're loving WandaVision because the more, you know, the, the creators are playing into that. Um, but no, no spoilers here. No. Okay, thank you. Um, no, I, I mean, like, yeah. It, it's the sort of thing, like, don't be surprised if you finish the first episode and say, 
Is this what I think it is? That's what I've heard, that you've got to make it through the first two episodes. Wait to, wait to judge the series until episode three, because that's when it starts getting, quote unquote, good. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's just, it's a very different sort of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the the fan service is just off the charts. Um, and, I mean, there's a similar thing going on in the Gospels, right? Like, someone who is deeply informed by the Old Testament reads the Gospels and is like, ah, that... That goes back to David. Ah, that that goes back to Moses. Ah, that that's this story from, you know, Isaiah. Ah, that's this part, you know, in the life of Elijah. And we see this, you know, occurring time and time again. And I'm um, I'm just fascinated by the detail that the the gospel writers put into um, understanding uh, how Jesus fits in the bigger framework of, uh, the story of Jewish identity. Um, But I'm not ever really surprised by this because if you think about it, um, we do this today. We just don't do it with scripture. So, um, we do it with Wanda Maximoff and vision. We, we do, we do. But even before then, um, Hulu's Castle Rock, which takes place in the Stephen King universe. And you see it all throughout. And so if you're familiar with Stephen King's um, writings in general, you see so many things that somebody who doesn't really have the back knowledge of Stephen King's writings would totally miss. Hmm. And you see it come up in the movies now, too. It's in It. Um, the, you know, these settings all, it, everything is kind of being connected now. Um, and it. It's funny, like sometimes I think about this, right? Like I can do that with a show like Castle Rock. I'll probably maybe be able to do it with WandaVision because I hear that's more tied to the MCU than the comics. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, But why would I be able to do it with those two things and not with scripture so well? Um, Yeah, so, you know, people who are steeply or deeply invested and steeped in that tradition should be able to do things like that. We still do it today. Yeah. So what uh, what came in the mailbag this week, Serena? All right. In the mailbag this week, we have two questions uh, from a person here at Trinity. Um, it, ironically, his name is Larry. All right. Um, and you'll understand why that's ironic in a minute. The first question is, why are we celebrating Transfiguration before Lent when when I was growing up, it was in August in the season after Pentecost? I'm going to phone a friend and call uh, someone far more liturgical than me. Serena, you want to take that one? (laughs) Okay, so my very limited research on this indicates that this is a difference in Christian traditions based upon the lectionaries that are being used. Uh, United Methodists, who are liturgical, uh, and by that I mean the United Methodist local churches who follow the liturgical year, use the revised common lectionary. Did I get this right? Yes, thank you. The revised common lectionary. 
Uh, but that is not the lectionary used in um, necessarily Orthodox traditions or Catholic traditions, Old Catholic traditions, or even some Anglican churches, although I think a lot of them do follow the revised common lectionary. So, Larry, this is just a difference in our traditions, um, which isn't doesn't mean it's a matter of choice. It just means that uh, these traditions are more influenced by different moments in church history than others. All right, so Larry. Well, and, and I think part of it, too, is that, um, you know, in a lot of those higher church traditions, they have festival days. Yes. Right, like they, they celebrate festivals. Um, so, you know, if you're Roman Catholic, the feast of the Transfiguration occurs on August 6th. Mm -hmm. It just does. It does every year. Like right. it's, um, you know, it's part of the, the, the church calendar. It's part of the liturgical year. It's one of the festival dates. If you are Protestant and have largely walked away from the festival calendar, you know, when things occur in the preaching schedule, you know, because like I, I'm not even sure the lectionary calls it Transfiguration Sunday, um, so much as just this last Sunday in Epiphany is when the Transfiguration stories are are told in the lectionary. Correct. All right. So let's move on to Larry's second question, which I think. Um, yeah, I was about to say the first question, like what, why his name was Larry, is, is yes, irrelevant to the, the question. The, so I'm hoping the second one. Is, the, the second question will let you know why I think it's ironic that it is being asked by a gentleman named Larry. Mm -hmm. This may also be, um, it may also be that many people listening to this podcast will not understand this question, but there will be some and they will appreciate it. I think I'm going to let you take this and then I'll decide whether or not I agree with your answer. Does that sound fair? Sure. Okay. This should go well since we didn't discuss this before the podcast started recording. Larry asks, if Jesus had been in Veggie Tales, what vegetable would he have been? So Larry asked a second um, question, and this is where irony plays a part. Larry of Trinity United Methodist Church in Grove City would like to know, if Jesus had been in Veggie Tales, what vegetable would he have been? Thank you, Larry, for your important question and contribution to today's podcast. So we talked about this a little bit. Um, the criteria that we think makes sense for selecting the proper vegetable for the Savior of the world um, grows on a vine because he is the vine, mm -hmm. uh, contains seeds in which you can replicate the, you can put them in the ground and grow more of it. Um, and also will come back by itself year after year has, has perennial capacity, does not need to be planted from the outside. And, um, the first vegetable came to mind, uh, although I'm not entirely sure it's a vegetable, I but know. We'll, we'll say it's a vegetable for the purpose of this question, is uh, the pumpkin. I think that that is a fantastic answer. Um, so it is a squash, 
Again, I'm not I'm not sure if that means it is a fruit. I bet you it's a fruit. But you know what? That's okay. Because you know who else is a fruit? Bob the tomato. That's true. So And he plays the tuba during the opening of Veggie Tales, doesn't he? Or no. does Larry play the Larry tuba? Larry plays the tuba. It's been a long time since I've watched Veggie Tales. You need Tales. to brush up on your Veggie Tales, man. Been watching Mr. Phil TV. That's pretty good stuff. Phil Vischer's new uh, web series. Yeah, okay. I need to check that out. So that was an excellent question. Thank you, Larry, again, for your contribution. Uh, We are going with not a vegetable, probably. We're going with the pumpkin. Delicious in pies. Mm. Mm -hmm. Delicious in all baked goods, really. That is so true. And keeps coming back year after year all on its own. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can carve out the inside, and it's like its own little tomb. Oh, wow. Wow. So, uh, Pastor Strian, do you have any grievances to air? Grievances to air. Gosh, this week I don't think so. This is, this is the rare occasion where you've said a bunch of things that I don't think I disagree with. Any of them. Hmm. I'll try harder next week. All right, you do that. Well, with that, I think thus concludes this week's Second Pot podcast. All right, good luck. Trinity, thanks for listening. (laughs) We're going to learn what's going on. Just put a second pot on. Together discover what's going on.